0: So please open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1 for our scripture reading today. We're going to be reading Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4 through 14. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is, much, is more excellent than theirs, For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels wins, and his ministers a flame of fire but of his son he says your throne O god is forever and ever the scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness therefore god your god has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions and you lord laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Amen.
1: What do angels look like? Have you ever thought about that, what an angel might look like? Most people haven't given angels a whole lot of thought. So if they were to think about angels, they might think about turning to the authority for everything in this life. TV. Now, if it's on TV, it must be true, right? So if you watch the TV show Touched by an Angel some years ago, you learn that angels look just like us. Until the end of the TV show when their halo lights up and you realize that you've been dealing with an angel. Okay? Or perhaps if you're skeptical about TV shows, you might turn to another authority, the authority of Hallmark. If you can't trust a greeting card company, who can you trust? And so here's a picture of what an angel looks like on a Hallmark card, okay? And so this uh, little girl is carrying a harp to let you know that she's an angel, and of course she has the wings to let you know that she is an angel as well. Uh, She looks like she might be about 10 years old, and like all angels on Hallmark cards, this girl looks so cute you just wanna give her a hug. This is what Hallmark teaches us about angels. But what does the Bible teach us about angels? To use an overused word, angels in the Bible are truly awesome. Whenever an angel was sent to people on a mission from God, the angel almost always began the conversation with the human being with two words. You know what those two words are? Fear not. Now, why would an angel always have to introduce himself by saying, fear not? Because angels are terrifying. This makes sense when you think about the literal translation for one class of angel in the Bible, the angel called seraphim that we see in Isaiah chapter 6. Seraphim literally means fiery ones, burning ones. Because these particular angels got so close to the burning fire of the holiness of God, they cannot help but reflect the burning fire of God themselves. Angels, then, are not cute and cuddly creatures. They are terrifying. If you saw a creature that looked like it was on fire, with a brightness that rivaled the sun, how would you respond? you would probably close your eyes, hit the floor, and say to the angel over and over again, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me. <laughs> you would be that afraid of what you are seeing in front of you. Angels are that awesome. And we will see next week in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 2 that angels had an important role in declaring God's law to the people. The Hebrew people then had a deep respect For angels. For this reason, the author of Hebrews had to remind his readers that Jesus is greater even than angels. Last week we saw that Jesus is greater than the prophets. Now today we see that Jesus is greater than the angels. Let's see some ways today that Jesus is greater than angels so that we might worship him with all of our hearts. First of all, we see in Hebrews 1 that Jesus has a better name than angels. In Hebrews 1 and verse 4, we read that Jesus has become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The author uses one of his favorite words here. It's the word superior. He keeps coming back to the theme that Jesus is greater. Jesus is better. Later in the book of Hebrews, the author will say that believers in Jesus have a better hope, a better covenant, better sacrifices, a better possession, a better resurrection, better blood than Abel's. Jesus is better and greater in every way. In verse four, Jesus, it says, has a better name than the angels. In speaking about the name here, the author is referring to the title of Jesus. Jesus' title is greater than the title of the angels. Angels are called ministers in verse 7. They are servants of God. But Jesus, he has the title of son, as we see in verse 5. Jesus is the son of God. And no angel is ever called Son of God. And so Jesus is greater than angels. We read in verse 5, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my Son, today I have begotten you. or again I will be to him a Father, and he shall be to me a Son. So here in verse 5, the author quotes from two different Old Testament verses. About Jesus. We will see him quote from seven different Old Testament scriptures throughout Hebrews chapter 1. Clearly, the author of Hebrews believes that the entire Old Testament tells us about Jesus. And the Old Testament quotations in verse 5 reveal that Jesus is the Son of God, he is better than the angels, he, in fact, is God's Son. Some of you, though, might find these Old Testament quotations troubling. Verse 5 makes it sound like perhaps there was a time when Jesus was not the Son of God. God says of Jesus, you are my Son, today I have begotten you. Does this mean that there was a time before the pronouncement of today when Jesus was not God's Son? No. Jesus is the eternal Son of God. But when God says of Jesus in verse 5, You are my Son, this is a, a legal formula of recognition of Jesus' status as Son of God. You see, in the Roman world, when sons came of age, when they grew up, they were formally bestowed with the family name, even though they always had that name. Jesus then has always been the Son of God. But after Jesus died on the cross for our sins, after he was raised from the dead and then exalted to the right hand of God, that's when God says, today you are my son. Now that you have finished your work of dying for sin on the cross and being raised to life, you are appointed to reign as king of the universe As my son. Jesus is much, much better than the angels. He is God's son, and as God's son, he rules over all things. Let me ask you a question What is it that impresses you? So there I was a few weeks ago at Hannaford. And whenever I go to Hannaford, they always seem to be playing songs over the store speakers that are from about 20 years ago. And so that's when I heard Shania Twain's song, That Don't Impress Me Much. In the song, she sings about a bunch of men who try to impress her. One man tried to impress her with his money. Another tried to impress her with his intelligence. Another tried to impress her with his good looks. But with each man who tried to impress her, Shania Twain would reply, that don't impress me much. She was looking for something better. She was looking for something greater. She was looking for a man who truly loved her and would be committed to her. That would be truly impressive. In the same way, The author of Hebrews says to his readers, you are far too easily impressed. You are impressed by angels. Jesus is far greater than even the angels. Angels only reflect the glory of God. They are simply servants. But Jesus is the glory of God. Jesus is God's Son. Be impressed by Jesus. Church, what impresses you? If you are impressed by someone or something more than you are impressed by Jesus, you are far too easily impressed. We see, secondly, that Jesus is greater than the angels because Jesus is worshipped by the angels. Listen to verse 6. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. So who is greater? Is it the one who is worshiping? Or is it the one who is worshiped by others? Clearly, the one who is being worshiped is greater than the one who is worshiping. Jesus, then, is much greater than the angels who worship him. Now, sometimes in the Bible, we do actually see people worshiping angels because they are so awesome. For example, look at the Apostle John in the very last chapter of the Bible. If you brought your Bible, and I hope you did, please turn with me to that last chapter in the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. I'd like for us to read what happened to the Apostle John. Revelation chapter 22, I will begin reading in verse 8. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. So when angels are worshipped, what do the angels say in reply? Don't do it. I am not worthy of your worship. Only God is worthy of your worship and your adoration. By contrast, notice what happens when Jesus is worshipped by the disciple Thomas. After Thomas finally sees the resurrected Jesus. Jesus tells the one that we call Doubting Thomas to put his finger in his wounds so that he might truly believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead. I want you to notice how Thomas responds in John chapter 20, verses 28 and 29. Let's read together out loud. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So what does Thomas do after he sees him raised from the dead? Thomas worships Jesus. He calls Jesus God. Well, does Jesus then say to Thomas at that point, Hey, don't say that. You should only worship God. God. No, Jesus does not say that. In fact, Jesus receives and accepts the worship of Thomas. He accepts that worship because Jesus indeed is God. Unlike an angel, Jesus deserves our worship. And so both the angels and us, we all worship Jesus. We worship him because he is greater. We worship Jesus because he is greater than the angels, greater than us, and greater than everything. Do you know one way to remind yourself that Jesus is greater than the angels and greater, in fact, than everyone and everything? Coming to worship Jesus at church every week. This world has a way of telling us that Jesus is not all that great. Jesus is not all that impressive. Jesus in the world's eyes is nothing special. We need then to worship Jesus every Sunday as God's people, to reject the world's lies about who Jesus is, and to remember that Jesus is greater than everything. So whatever you do, Don't miss worship. Now, I realize that there are some Sundays where it's tempting to miss coming to church. You're tired. You need some downtime. The Bible passage that we'll be reading that Sunday just doesn't seem all that relevant to your life. So let me give you something to pray before you come to church every single Sunday. First, pray that God would give you one thing to encourage you in your faith that day. Whether that one thing come from a song or a prayer or from the scripture reading or from the sermon, pray that God would give you one thing that would bless your faith and strengthen it. And secondly, before you come to church, pray every Sunday that God would allow you to encourage one other person in their faith. Isn't that a great blessing to be able to encourage someone? To be able to strengthen them in their faith? And that's the privilege that God has given us as part of the body of Christ, that we can strengthen another person in their faith. Pray that God would give you that privilege every Sunday to be able to bless someone else in their faith. I believe that God would love to answer those prayers. By answering these prayers, Jesus will remind you that he is indeed greater than everything. A third way that we see that Jesus is greater than the angels is that Jesus actually rules the angels. Look at the contrast between Jesus and the angels in verses 7 and 8. In verse 7, we see, Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. Angels are ministers. Angels serve. But what about Jesus? We read in verse 8, But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. Jesus is God. Jesus is King. To sum up, then, angels serve. Jesus rules. Do you see the difference? Do you see how much greater Jesus is than the angels? Jesus is greater because Jesus rules and the angels serve him. The same truth about Jesus ruling the angels is found in verses 13 and 14 of chapter 1 of Hebrews. Verse 13 is a quotation about Jesus from Psalm 110 in verse 1. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Now you might think that the fact that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God makes Jesus somehow inferior to God the Father. But that is incorrect. The right hand of the king, is a place of power and glory. Jesus has that power and glory in himself. Jesus executes God's sovereign authority in this world. And part of that authority means that Jesus will rule after God has completely defeated Jesus' enemies. God will crush Satan. We are reminded of God's victory in Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. Let's read that verse together out loud. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So who is this Jesus that we worship? He is a warrior king who works together with his father to defeat All of his enemies. Jesus is not a weak king. He will conquer all of his enemies. And the fact that Jesus is a lamb who was sacrificed for our sins on the cross does not make Jesus weak. Yes, Jesus is the Lamb of God who died for our sins. But there is another animal that also symbolizes Jesus at the very same time. Jesus is a lamb, but he is also what? He is also a lion. Jesus is both lamb and lion. You can't forget that he is both at the same time. So if you need Jesus to defeat the work of Satan in your life today, let me tell you Jesus is strong enough. He can defeat the evil one and his work in your life. Jesus rules over all things. He is a mighty lion who defeats his enemies. On the other hand, who are the angels? Verse 14 says that the angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who who are to inherit salvation. Angels are servants sent out to serve us as we live out our days here on this earth. Jesus, on the other hand, is the king who rules over those angels and sends them to help us. Because Jesus is the almighty king who rules over everything, we do not have to worry about anything. We talked about that last week. But the truth is, we all still worry about things, right? If I asked you this morning what you were worried about, it probably might take you a second to come up with something to tell me what you are worried about today. This morning, I want to let you know that your your worries in your life serve an important purpose. Your worries show you where you have really located your heart's treasures. Your worries show you what you think is greater than Jesus. So if you are worried about money today, you believe that money is greater than Jesus. The same thing is true if you are excessively worried about your children or your health or anything else. Whatever you are worried about is something that you think is greater than Jesus. Your worries, then, are not something useless. Follow the pathway of those worries back into your heart to discover the things that you love more than Jesus. Follow those worries to see what you think is greater than Jesus, the one who rules over all of the angels and who rules over all things. Finally, we see in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is greater than angels because Jesus created the angels. The last Bible verses that the author of Hebrews refers to in chapter 1 come from Psalm 102, verses 25 and 27. He quotes these verses beginning in verse 10. These verses show that Jesus is greater than angels because Jesus is the angel's creator. The angel's are just creatures. We read in verse 10, You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Jesus created everything, including the angels. Since this is true, Jesus is forever, but creation wears out. We read in verse 11 that creation will perish, but you will remain, Jesus. Creation will wear out like a garment. So who is greater, Jesus or the angels? Jesus is greater. He is creator. The angels and everything else, they are just part of creation. One of the wonderful things about Jesus as creator is that he never changes. Jesus, as the eternal God, is the same yesterday and today and forever. Creation changes. Creation gets older and it decays. But Jesus never changes. We read in verse 12 that creation, like a garment, will be changed. But you, Jesus, are the same and your years have no end. As I've gotten older, I've noticed something about myself. I like change less and less. Now, sometimes change is good and it's necessary in my life. If I am to grow in some area of my life, I have to change, right? That is true for all of us. But change for change's sake has zero appeal to me right now in my life. So don't go moving around the furniture in my office. I like my favorite chair just where it is, thank you very much. And don't go changing my TV remote to some kind of universal remote. I finally figured out how to use all four of my remotes now. So don't confuse me by making me change and try to use a new remote. If you do, I might never figure out how to use my TV ever again. I'm glad this morning that Jesus never changes. No matter how long ago Jesus made a promise to me in the Bible, that promise will come true. Why? Because Jesus never changes. He is God who will be faithful to fulfill every word that he has spoken to me. In a world that is constantly changing, where I am not entirely sure what I can count on, I know one person I can count on: Jesus. The wonderful truth of Hebrews 1:11 is that Jesus, you remain. You stay. You will always be with me, no matter what. I've been reminded of the faithfulness of Jesus as I have watched my friend Glenn Davis, go through his own grief over the loss of Cal. Grief is often overwhelming. There are days when you wonder how you're going to make it through. But I have watched Glenn persevere in his faith in spite of his great loss. How has he done it? In a word, Jesus. Jesus has stayed with Glenn, even though Cal is temporarily no longer with him or with us. Jesus remains. Jesus stays. He is the eternal creator who will always be with us and always keep his promises. Jesus is greater than any created thing. I don't know what my future holds. I don't know what difficult changes are coming for me. But I do know this. Jesus will stay with me. Jesus will remain. And for this reason, among many others, Jesus is greater. He is greater than any created thing. As we close this morning, let me ask you again, what impresses you? What are you impressed by? Is it wealth? Is it fame? Is it beauty? Is it the latest technological gadget? Is it power? Whoever or whatever you are impressed by, let me tell you who is really impressive, Jesus. Jesus is more impressive than angels or anything else. Church, be impressed by Jesus. He is greater than everyone and everything. This time I'm going to call the musicians back to the stage as they prepare to lead us in our last song. It is good to worship Jesus, who is greater than everything. As we close, let's pray together. Jesus, what a great God you are. How grateful we are to know that you are greater than everything and everyone. You are our creator. You are our king and our ruler. You are the one who blesses us with your faithful love. And so we pray that we might worship you and you alone. Help us not to be drawn into the worship of things that are really not all that impressive. May our hearts always be most impressed by you. In your great name we pray, amen.